Season 3, Episode 17, Sound Selection for Newbies. If you are brand new to making beats, you will hear the word sound selection out there a lot. And in short, the goal of sound selection is to select the right sounds at the right time for your instruments to cut through the mix by themselves so that when you go to mix the music, you are just enhancing your beat. Now, I'll let you know, I just released a sound selection in beats course over at itsgratuitous.com. So if you are a member, you can log in and watch it. You can also purchase it by itself. You get the download if you want to watch for offline viewing. And you can also watch the course in the platform as well, okay? So that is the Sound Selection and Beats course, which reveals so many secrets of what I've learned about sound selection over the years. So when it comes to making a beat, I usually like to have seven, eight, nine, ten instruments. And when it comes to mixing the music, it makes it really tricky if you're not wise in your sound selection. So I talk to you about time, pitch, volume. I also talk to you about sound placement, the frequency spectrum, timbre. So again, you guys can visit itsgratuitous.com and you will see the sound selection and beats course. But in this episode, we will be talking about sound selection for beginners. I'll give you a quick update of why I missed last week. So my website in the last couple of months has become slow and it's really, really bothering me. So just like in music production, if you want plugins, it's the same thing for a website. And I just want to quickly compare that. So let's say you purchase FL Studio. That is the software. So you have FL Studio, which is your music software. If you want to add extra functionality, you're going to bring a plugin in. So you install a plugin. Now you get further functionality out of FL Studio. It's the exact same thing with websites. So for example, if you are a member on the website, the questions area, that is a plugin. So on the website, if a plugin is slow, it makes the website slow. And now if we talk about in music production, if a plugin is really heavy, then it's really hard on your CPU. You might not be able to open up too many instances of that plugin. Again, picking wise plugins is so important. Now, one last thing I just want to quickly talk about is pricing of these plugins, because in the website world, it's typically subscription model. And I'm seeing this trickle over into the music production world because in music production, when you buy a plugin, typically it's a one-time payment. Let's say you purchase Pro Q, okay? So FabFilter Pro Q, it's a really awesome EQ. Let's say you purchased a version one. FabFilter will give you updates as long as they have FabFilter version one going. And then if they release FabFilter version two, it is an upgrade fee to get to version two but you don't have to upgrade. And typically they will try to leave that plugin in a state where it is long-term compatible. And so in other words, you're just paying once for this plugin, you get to use it for super long and it's really awesome. In the website world of plugins, they are on a subscription model. And when I tell you that my website has about 50 plugins and some of those plugins are paid and some are free and some of the plugins are not cheap. So let's say you look at FabFilter Pro Q, let's just say it's around $200, okay? It's a one-time payment, you're in, you get to enjoy it. On a website, a plugin could be $200 a year. And if you have five different plugins that are $200, the price adds up super quick. And so what's happening is, you know, all these renewals were starting to come in and it just really makes me think, it's like, do I still need to use this plugin? Do I want this plugin? I started thinking about, oh, this one's actually slowing down my website. And it's just really annoying because I want to be here to teach you beat making, but I also like to have the website where it makes it really easy for you to learn. So what I'm seeing is that trickle over into the music production world. So my advice to you is do not purchase subscription model plugins for music production. For example, if you stop paying for your subscription fee to the music production plugins, 
do they not allow you to open up your music projects anymore? Because in music production, how it works is you make your beats, you open up your plugins, and then if you have a missing plugin, your music program will say, hey, this plugin's missing. Or if it's not activated because your license doesn't allow you to, it will say like, hey, this plugin you can't use because you don't have an active license. Okay, so let's move forward. Now you know uh, there's a Sound Selection Beats course available to you, as well as I'm working on a new revamp to the website. So let's talk about sound selection for newbies. So when we talk about sound selection, there's wise sound selection and poor sound selection. And the whole trick here is to take advantage of octaves. So when we make our music, there is the frequency spectrum, and then there's a frequency analyzer. So a frequency analyzer allows you to see the frequency spectrum. So let's say you play a piano chord, the frequency analyzer will show you what frequencies are being played from that chord. And when we have the frequency spectrum, you will see that it's from 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. And the reason is because it's all based off of our human ears. So they say anything lower than 20 hertz, we typically just feel. Anything higher than 20,000 hertz, we cannot hear as humans, it's just too high for our ears. So when we look at the frequency analyzer, it's looking at the frequency spectrum from 20 hertz, which is super low, to 20,000 hertz, which is super high. Now, when we are selecting our sounds, we are restricted from 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. So when you go to place your instruments, this is where sound selection comes in. But when you're picking your sounds, for example, on the low end, 20 hertz, that is so low. And speakers typically cannot produce 20 hertz. So really from like maybe 45 hertz to 50 hertz, like that's your low end. So really you're like, let's say 45 hertz. And then for what humans can hear is probably realistically like 17,000 hertz-ish. And again, they say as you start getting older, your high end diminishes. So in other words, just because the frequency analyzer shows you 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz doesn't mean that you actually have that range you're actually restricted even more based off of the flaws of speakers not being able to produce that low and as well as your human ears not being able to hear that high. So when we're picking our sounds, we have to be thinking about how can we spread them across the frequency spectrum, all right? And this is the secret to sound selection. Now, a lot of people when they're teaching sound selection, they just stop right there. They talk to you about the frequency spectrum, the frequency analyzer, you gotta spread your sounds around, cool, we're done. But there's actually way more to it than that because, again, for my beats, I like to have tons and tons of instruments. And the reason I do that is because it allows my beats to be really full in the arrangement. So, for example, if I have verse 1, chorus, verse 2, chorus, verse 3, I like to have verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3 typically a little different each time. Each beat is a little different. If it's a more simple beat, you don't have tons of instruments, so you kind of got to reuse that verse uh, from verse one to verse two, and then you might mix it up just a little bit in terms of your arrangement if you want to kind of cut things out. And again, you'd really want to take advantage of audio painting. And if you don't know about audio painting, again, you can check out my book on Amazon, Audio Painting by Riley Weller or Gratuitous. So typically, I like to have tons of instruments because I can mix and match different combinations of instruments from verse one to verse two to verse three. If we're going to make our beat, we have sampling. And we have original compositions. Those are like the only two ways to make beats, sampling and original compositions. But then if you go to original compositions where we are playing our MIDI keyboard and making our MIDI note instruments, when we are making original compositions, we have 
kind of two types of beats. We have one beat where we are adding tons and tons of instruments, and essentially all instruments means chorus. And then we can break apart from verse one to verse two, and then when it comes back to chorus, we add all instruments in again. That is typically the easiest way to make an original composition because all you have to do is just keep adding instruments in, and then when you want to arrange the song, you just add and remove where you don't want things. Okay? Another way of the original composition is to actually change the chord progression when it comes to the chorus or when it goes to the bridge. And when you do that, it just makes beat making a little trickier because now you have to think about all the other instruments and you have to change all their melodies too. So I'm just going to keep it really simple. We're going to make an original composition and we're just adding our instruments in for a full chorus. And so if we are thinking about why sound selection, what are some things that we can do to have Y sound selection rather than just thinking about spreading sounds over the uh, frequency spectrum. So in order to spread sounds across the frequency spectrum, you simply just play over your octaves. So for example, in your MIDI keyboard, you have your octave buttons to go up and down. So when you're making your beat, the first thing you should be thinking about is what do you already have? Let's say you have your drum loop. Let's say you have your main melody going on. What is it? Is it like a low kind of instrument, a mid instrument, a high instrument? Then you just think about when you go to the next sound, what type of sound do you want to add in? You can go high, mid, and low. And then again, you can just play on your MIDI keyboard just a single note, and you can even test, like, is this going to cut through? Okay? So that is spreading across the frequency spectrum with octaves. But again, that's where most education stops out there. The Sound Selection Beats course is going to be talking to you about these things, which we'll quickly cover now, okay? All right, so when it comes to getting your sounds to stand out in the same frequency spectrum, you have to be thinking about time, pitch, and volume. So when I talk about time, there's two things. It's how long or short that note is. If a note is short, it's going to take up less space in the frequency spectrum. If a sound is long, it's going to really clog up the mix. That doesn't mean that the long note is bad. It just means that it takes up more space. So as a music producer, that is a good thing to know that a long note takes up more space, whereas a short note takes up less space in your frequency spectrum. A lot of this stuff is simple, but if you don't think about it this way, now it's really going to help you, okay? So that's time. Now, another thing with time is actually just note nudging as well. So this is to do with sound placement. So when it comes to sound selection, we actually have to talk about sound placement. So sound placement is where you are actually clicking in your sounds, right? But sound placement will always win because what happens is if you play a sound where other sounds are not being played, then, you know, you're good to go. It's always going to stand out and you're probably not going to have too much clashing again, unless that um, sound that you play has a long tail and overlaps. But let's just say we talk about short notes here. So sound placement is where you're actually clicking in your sounds. And if you are clicking sounds in different areas and they're not overlapping, then your sounds are going to stand out no problem. Okay, that's a huge secret to know. But when you're making your beats, you're always going to have some sounds that are overlapping. And so then you want to be thinking about short tailed and long tailed. And then again, you can also think about note nudging as well, which will allow you to have sounds stand out in their own way, as well as have a looser feeling. Okay, pitch. So let's talk about pitch quickly. So again, pitch is octaves, which is the frequency spectrum. So if I play a note down low or a note up high, that's just simply pitch. So we want to take advantage of pitch. We want to spread our notes around the frequency spectrum. And again, the goal here is when you are selecting sounds, you want to be taking advantage of the frequency spectrum. 
You want to make sure that your instruments are standing out by themselves so that when it comes to mixing the music, that the instruments are already standing out, okay? And in addition to pitch, we actually have to talk about the word timbre, okay? So when I pick a sound, it's in pitch, okay? It has a fundamental note. So let's just say we play like C, okay? We play a C note, it has a fundamental note, and then we have frequencies on top. So if I go to a piano and play C, then I go to a guitar and play C, our ears hear the fundamental note, which means it's the pitch. But the frequencies on top are called timbre. That's the harmonics, the overtones. Again, nerdy stuff. And I don't usually like to talk about that stuff because as a beat maker, I like to talk to you about what you need to know at a simple level. But some of these words are technical, so you kind of got to learn them. So we have the fundamental, which is what we hear in pitch. The frequencies on top are like the overtones or harmonics, and it gives the sound its timbre. So for example, if I play C on the piano, and then if I play C on the guitar, we hear the same pitch, we just hear a different sound, a different flavor, a different what we call timbre. Now, when we are picking sounds, sounds have more aggressive and less aggressive timbre. So in other words, they have that fundamental pitch, which we hear with our ears, so it's in tune with the music, because remember, music is just math. If I play this C note on this piano, and then I go to the guitar plugin and I change the pitch, but then I play that C note again, it's going to sound out of tune. So you have to make sure that the sound is in tune, and if you're playing the same C note, it's going to be the same pitch, but just a different sound, okay? So when we are selecting our sounds, we have to make sure that we are selecting soft and aggressive sounds at the right time in order to get things to stand out. One other one I'll quickly talk about here is volume. So a lot of times, you know, if you're making your beat and you just can't get a sound, a sound to stand out, it could just be turning it up. And I'm telling you, it could just be as simple as that. But sometimes the problem of turning up an instrument is because it could be too dynamic. And so what that means is we have some really loud parts and some really quiet parts. So if you are struggling to get a sound to stand out, this is where we are talking about tools like compressors or limiters. And in the sound selection and beats course, you will see that I use a limiter quite often in that course, just off of the plugin. And again, I walk you through step by step. We actually make a beat from scratch and you will see how I am actually selecting sounds to make them stand out in the beat. Uh, you will learn a lot in that, okay? Now, some other things uh, we talk about in the course, and I'll mention them a little bit here. So again, sound placement, right? Sound placement will always win because that's where you're clicking in a sound. If sounds are not overlapping, they'll always stand out. The type of sound, timbre, okay? Remember, we have the fundamental pitch of a sound. The timbre is just the way how the sound sounds. If you're picking more aggressive sounds, they're always going to, you know, typically cut through. Um, but you just got to think about that. Like, you know, if you want to pick a soft sound and you're using tons and tons of aggressive sounds, it might be a little bit hard to get that soft sound to stand out. But that doesn't mean that you can't get it to stand out. It just means that you might have to be a little wiser in your sound placement. And since we're talking about types of sounds, again, even things like pads versus plucked sounds, a plucked sound will typically always stand out if you're playing it with a pad. Why? Because a pad is so slow. A pluck is typically very, very quick and it's very aggressive. It really cuts through the mix. And again, I share examples with you in the course there, okay? 
Um, again, octaves. Make sure you're playing down low, mids, and highs. Just be thinking about what type of instruments do you have already, and then play the instrument across the octaves. See where it cuts through the mix, as well as where it complements the beat, okay? Just because the sound stands out doesn't mean it's complementing the beat. Here's a really pro tip for you that you may not think about, is single notes take up less space than chords. So when we're, when we're doing wise sound selection, let's say we have eight instruments going on right now, do you want to play chords there to add more fullness or is the beat super full and you're just looking for that one new instrument just to kind of finish the beat? Think about single notes versus chords and you can do this test yourself. Just go into the frequency analyzer, the Fruity Parametric EQ2 and just play a chord versus playing a single note. You will see it takes up less frequencies, right? So again, a lot of people don't talk about these things because they really don't think about it this way. But because I make my beats with so many instruments, these are the things that I've just learned over the years. And that is, again, what I teach you in the sound selection in beats course. I also talked to you about dry notes and wet notes. So a dry note is how you can get a sound that kind of more in your face. And a wet note is kind of how you push it back in the mix. And essentially, I just show you, you can add some reverb on to do that, okay? All right, so I hope you've been well. That is this episode about sound selection for newbies. So if you are brand new and you are looking for that sound selection tutorial, and if you've looked on YouTube and you just can't find your answer, again, check out my sound selection for beats course over at itsgratuitous.com. Again, if you are a member, you can log in and watch it. And if you just want to purchase the single course, it is available for download, as well as if you do purchase the course, you also get to watch it in the platform as well, okay? So again, that's over at itsgratuitous.com. The link will be in the episode description. I will be working on the new website. Really, really excited. The goal here is to make it fast and just enjoy it so that, you know, for me, when I'm writing new uh, FL Studio tutorials or even doing this podcast, if something's slow, like, and, and so this is probably the most annoying thing, that if you get distracted easy, when I click a page in the back end of the website, so when you have a website, you have like the front end, which is what you as the user are using. Like if you're going to watch the courses or if you're going to leave a question, or if, even if you're just viewing tutorials on the website, um, that is the front end. But the back end is what I get to see, which is, you know, if I'm typing or if I'm adding in images or adding a new course. And if it's slow, you know, it just takes longer and I can also get distracted easy. So for example, let's say I click on a link and I know it's gonna take like three to four seconds to load. I'm just like, okay. And then someone sends me an email. I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna do that email quickly. And then 10 minutes later, I come back. So I got distracted. Whereas if the website was quick, I would have ignored that email. I would have focused, I would have got it done. And so yeah, the goal here is to reduce the plugins on the website figure out the ones that I need to pay for and the ones I don't because again like I said these website plugins are subscription model and some of them are like $200 a year and it's just kind of like do I need them because sometimes there's free alternatives free again doesn't mean better as well as paid doesn't mean better it's just about selecting the right plugin for you and then also thinking about long-term compatibility that's a big thing that people don't talk about so in the music production world, like when I come and do education for music production, it's kind of relieving sometimes. Sometimes it's kind of nice because it's sometimes more simple. Like, you know, you just have your music program, you get your nice plugin like FabFilter, you get nice um, high quality drum kits. And again, if you want to check out the drum kits I use, those are over at itsgratuitous.com forward slash shop. You will uh, see the drum kit section there. So I use the drum bundle trio a lot in the courses. 
But once you have the tools, once you know of the tools, it's like you're good to go. So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Again, always feel free to visit me over at itsgratuitous.com if you need help learning FL Studio. I offer FL Studio lessons. There's tons of FL Studio beat making courses, FL Studio books. And again, there's also the FL Studio free tutorials as well as this podcast that's over at itsgratuitous.com. I'll talk to you in the next one.